Philippine fans uh, are really, I don't know, say interesting, funny. Uh, when the opponents have the ball and they're, they're like eight, nine seconds left on the shot clock, they're starting the counter. Instead okay. of eight or nine, they count four, three, two, and, you know, the whole arena. And they're trying to uh, fool the opponents, I guess, this way. Okay. So that was... That's kind of unique way. Yeah. I mean... Asian fans are interesting in general. I remember when I was visiting South Korea before the World Cup in China, Lithuania played some friendly games in Seoul. And I remember that local fans, even during the South Korea and Lithuania game, they were in some cases, and especially for the NBA guys like Valanciunas and Sabonis, they were cheering for them. You know, if mm. they made some interesting plays, they were like, oh, and it's not like this, the bar of the, an exciting play was really that high, you know. <laughs> there were some easy plays and local fans were like, oh my gosh, wow, roaring, cheering and stuff. So so I'm, I'm really waiting for this whole experience, uh, experiencing basketball fans culture and Asian, especially Philippines with all these myths about how much they love basketball, that there's open court basketball courts on every corner in, in, in Manila. I really wait for this uh, opportunity to experience that stuff. I think they love NBA players, especially. Yeah. Did you see how many fans, Kuzminskas and some other former NBA guys who just made this number of 4,700 NBA players ever mm. uh, received in, in Taiwan, in Taipei? I saw, I saw one guy having his uh, New York Knicks jersey. Yeah. Or something yeah, like that. Was there remember. anything else? I think, I mean, even guys like Brasdakis was receiving a lot of, you know, attention, signatures, <laughs> autographs and a stuff. A lot of people Selfies. asking for photos. Yeah. This whole, you know, selfie autographs thing is also kind of unique in Asia, I would say. Uh, look, uh, I mean, these guys are NBA players. When when I was playing in a friendly tournament in China, uh, even we did pictures with a lot of people. I guess it's just seeing tall basketball players for them is like a, not, not a dream come true, but they, they really enjoy seeing basketball people in their country. So uh, they, they want to take photos. They tell others to stop the works, to, to, to come take the photos or ask for autographs. So it's going to be great for the basketball players. I can't wait to see how it's going to be for you guys. Yeah. And we're just five days away from FIBA World Cup 2023. Um, me and Ritas, we're traveling to, to Manila. We'll be there for three weeks until the end of the competition. Augustus remains home, but we will connect through Zoom or Riverside uh, to do the podcast regularly, basically maybe after the, every round or in case something extraordinary happens, we'll try to do uh, the podcast straight away. Uh, are you excited, Ritas? Because I don't see uh, so much excitement yet in your face. You know me. Or just like regular you, you know me in the morning face. Well, well enough that <laughs> if, if I have to wake up earlier than, than usual, you won't see that much excitement in my in my face. Uh, the energy drink hasn't kicked in yet. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but After of, the podcast. Of course, yeah. It's always a cool experience to be on these uh, trips. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's my second World Cup. And uh, I'm hoping for a better experience than it was in 2019. Is honestly. there, but is there actually a big difference for you where the World Cup or basketball competition takes place in in Philippines, in China, or in like Konas in Berlin? Because, for instance, our last FIBA World Cup experience in China, 
from what I remember, Ritas, okay, every every two days he was commentating the Lithuania national team games. And the following day, during the day off, he was not commentating any games from the arena because it was a day off in the gym as well. And he was basically just, you know, waking up at lunchtime, going to McDonald's to get some food and was watching all the rest of the <laughs> tournament games. And that's it. Then the next day comes, he goes to the gym, covers the national team, yeah. he comes back. And I mean, it was the same whole routine for basically three weeks. Uh, I, I, I do have that. It's it's for me kind of easy to adjust to... Um, to adjust my sleeping habits to another time zone but the thing is uh, that time zone affects me heavily because on the side i love watching premier league and everything else that's happening uh oh and He's watching all sports this is where the, this uh, time zone in philippines will hit me but of course it's uh, everything's about basketball and the world cup and and yeah, from the from the 2019, I would say there were some organizational issues and other stuff that I wasn't really too happy about. However, this time, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it, of course. And you're right; it's it's not so much for me about where it's happening. It's it's just about the quality and everything else that that we're gonna witness. Speaking of quality, speaking of FIBA World Cup experience and watching games courtside 1891 is FIBA premium streaming partner for the World Cup and will allow you to watch action from FIBA Basketball World Cup 2023. They already do streaming of warm-up games, uh, the FIBA Olympic pre-qualifying tournament where Bahamas, for instance, made a lot of noise. We just spoke that Eric Gordon in 2010, he was representing Team USA and, you know, he was part of this KD's uh, Team USA national team and now he's hoping for Bahamas and they might qualify to the Olympic Games, actually. Uh, so courtside 1891 will help you to watch all the games from FIBA World Cup. And as I said, you can also catch up with some warm-up games, a lot of exciting action. For instance, yesterday, Canada, um, no, USA, uh, Germany, a lot of great games uh, before the competition to check, to, to compare the level of some top national teams. Uh, and for sure, you're going to be able to watch the games live and on demand, as well as extended highlights in some regions, though blackouts may apply to games. So check courtside1891.basketball slash where to watch for information or on where restrictions apply. But it's an easy tool to, you know, to watch all the games from the tournament and to catch up with all the action. And on this episode, we will do a FIBA World Cup 2023 ranking. We will rank top eight teams from this competition. It's not going to be our predictions for gold medals, silver medals, or quarterfinal teams. I'm not even sure if teams that we will list in this ranking will be able to, you know, to make it to the top eight. So again, it's power rankings is the comparison of team strength, potential, rosters, chemis chemistry, all the other stuff that includes in this uh, ranking. We will start from the first place. Uh, we'll go, go down to eighth. There will be some teams that we will not include in the top eight. There might be some, let's say, power powerhouse names that we were used to include in our top rankings. We will probably uh, relates to our previous experience making a power ranking of uh, Eurobasket 2022 where I remember that I think we put Germany out of top 8 right there were some Spain yeah, we had high hopes barely. for Turkey yeah we had I had high hopes in Croatia as funny as it sounds so rankings are funny and entertaining so 
Let's start with our uh, first pick. Do we have the same team on the top of the or bonus ranking? Let me let me rephrase the question. Do we all have a consensus that Team USA is number one on the power rankings? I think we should. I mean, uh, to think otherwise is basically trying to pose You're a, a hater. A, a, <laughs> and, and, and show how smarter you are than the rest of us. Like, oh no, Team USA is not number one in my power rankings. I do see potential in some other teams. And yes, it's not a given that they will win a gold mm -hmm. medal. Uh, actually, these uh, exhibition games uh, were not easy for them. I don't think the gap is so big. Yeah, for sure, they they are beatable in one game. If they mm. face Germany, Canada, Australia in, in, in a knockout game, France, they might lose. But to not put them in a, in number one in the mm. power rankings is crazy. I mean, it's still a team with so much athleticism, explosiveness talent, uh, uh, scoring ability, scoring options. I mean, maybe you can question their defense a little bit in FIBA basketball. Is it going to work for them the way they try to defend it, where they try to steal the ball all the time, and sometimes they just lose lose their man and give up some shots. But in general, a team with uh, Anthony Edwards as the star player, with uh, Jalen Brunson, who has the potential to... Uh, flip any game upside down with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, protecting the paint and then everything else that they have, I don't see how they can be lower than number one in the mm. in power rank. They can be lower than number one in predictions in your yeah, prediction brackets. For sure. But exactly. power ranking wise, I mean, they have so many offensive options, like six or seven players averaging more than 20 points per game. Although there's this one interesting fact. Uh, I've checked the history of FIBA competitions, and I think that for the first time, Team USA doesn't have the player which made the All-NBA, one of the three All-NBA teams uh, the previous season. Uh, for instance, we can remember with a nostalgia, uh, we can remember very well 2016 team with seven All-NBA team members or the Redeem team in uh, 2012, they had five, first all nba team members on that squad so i mean but that's olympics right yeah that was olympics mm. and you can see the huge difference between the olympics and the world cups yeah. 2019 Absolutely. only one member now for the first time but in all competitions world cups olympics for the first time zero members from all nba team. Mm. That, that's a great point from you and i would love to check after that we do the pod how many members of that 2019 team were on all nba teams the next season mm -hmm. because i think that from this team we are going to see multiple yeah. guys on all nba teams the next year in the nba these guys are the next superstars i think you know anthony edwards to me, we talked about before the podcast. To me, he rem he reminds me the Mike Michael Jordan so much. His athleticism, how the way he moves, the way he shoots the ball. Obviously, he has more three point range, but yeah. just his speed and athletic ability, and the way he fades away on those mid range shots. We saw his highlight dunk yesterday. That was an amazing one, and um, yeah. he turned the game around against uh, Germany. He's thirty four points. He was mm -hmm. the top scorer in the preparation games because even though, yeah, Edwards is a big star of this team, it even Team USA, they were not sure 
who is going to be the alpha guy on this squad, whether it's like Brunson or Ingram, which reminds me a lot of Kevin Durant, let's say. So we, you also can, could assume that he, he might be the really important guy on that squad, but Edwards emerged as the mm. number one option, offensively taking yeah. a lot of shots, averaging 19 points, four rebounds, two assists, uh, doing a lot of stuff. And yesterday, I think that he kind of established himself as a, you know, the most important guy on Team USA roster that will lead yep. this group of and guys. And we didn't even mention Austin Reeves, for example. Mm. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton I mean, and other guys. Yesterday, USA faced Germany, and it was like Austin <laughs> Reeves could have played for Germany. And, and we had some reminders, some of the BN Plus members it's, uh, it's, Charlie, it's Charlie every time. It's Charlie every time. After every Austin Reeves good game, he writes, and uh, man, he there remember, was... He reminded us that I don't think that we had Austin Reeves on the German national team 12-man roster. So we had <laughs> doubts, right? We had doubts. Oh, Ritis had doubts. Oh, okay. I, I'm not saying I had doubts about him making the roster. I, I was not so sure about him, like... Importance, about his Elevating role. the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, he has proven uh, his uh, quality in, in the playoffs. Actually, from all the guys that they have on this roster, Austin Reeves had the deepest playoff run. He was the guy who, mm -hmm. who went to the Western Conference Finals and actually at some point of the series uh, when LeBron James looked like he's running out of gas, Austin Reeves was their number one guy offensively. So he has amazing skills. He just signed a new contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. He still seems underpaid <laughs> in terms of he might be an all-star next year. Uh, to me, the only thing is that's a pity from my point of view that I believe that Tyrese Halliburton might be overshadowed by all these other guys that we mentioned. And mm. I love his skill set. Um, I love what he produced last season for the Indiana Pacers, but I think he could be overshadowed in this team. But it's it might not be a, a problem for, for, for them in terms of winning. You have 12 guys on the roster and not everybody can have the ball all the time. As, mm. as you said, Anthony Edwards is probably now the established star player for this team. Mm. I think, you know, I, I saw yesterday watching a little bit of the game, just how happy this group is playing. They're playing together. Yeah. You can see that they enjoy. They don't, I don't think they really care that much about, you know, individual score, stat, stat lines and stuff like yeah. that. Halliburton is a great, great player, the best passer on the team. And him and Austin Reeves with that second unit, just I love the chemistry between those two guys. And why Austin Reeves, I think, is going to be extremely important as well is because from the friendly games, I saw that USA is, let's say their weak spot on defense is chasing off, off ball screens. Against Spain, they had, oh, yeah. they, they had so many open three-pointers. They were losing their man navigating for off ball screens. And Austin Reeves is the guy who I think doing the best job from those 12 yeah. players on that team. So... I think he's going to be important. Uh, he played last uh, 12 minutes yesterday in the game. I think USA were on a huge run. I'm not. I'm, I don't know the plus minus uh, in those in those last 12 minutes, but they were they were basically they got back into the game and then won it. So yeah. Um, let's just say the fact that they are so well constructed without the main star players, you know, because for World Cup it's always. The big, the biggest names are waiting for the Olympics to to play. You you don't want to play two summers in a row because you have NBA playoffs as well. So, but this year with the 
players that were available, I think this is the best possible roster they could have constructed. It, and they have an amazing coaching staff. You, we have to mention Steve Kerr, Tyron Lue, Spoilstra. Uh, Eric, Spo uh, for, Eric Spoilstra. For Eric so. Spoilstra, it should be something special because he's uh, he has Filipino heritage. So mm. for him to, mm. to be there in Philippines for the World Cup should be huge and for the fans as well. Because they could, they could share. I mean, they they will share for the USA because these are all NBA guys yeah. and they love NBA players. But with Spolster on the team, could it be like the home squad it, if they like? I they will so. go far. I, so I do believe that. Uh, what what do you think about their bigs? Do you think like Jaron Jackson Jr., Bobby Portis, and Walker Walker Kessler is enough to have a good tournament? I think it's enough. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is illegal in FIBA basketball, <laughs> yeah, like. That's his true. defense in the pick and roll, good luck. Like he's one, usually he's in the drop. He's one against two. He, he, you, the point guard passes to the big mm. guy and you think, okay, he got, he has an open layup. Yeah. That That's not true at all. Like he was blocking all the shots there. So yeah, maybe he will struggle a little bit against uh, like the Jonas Valanciunas and the bigs that like to post up. Yeah. But it's not likely that they're going to see a lot of these guys yeah. uh, un until the final. So you're not uh, going to see Nicola. So that makes your life a exactly, bit easier. Exactly. And for him, I'm, I think it's all about staying out of the foul trouble because in the NBA, what l limited his minutes was mm -hmm. fouls. He was getting them consistently. And in FIBA, you get only five personal fouls, mm -hmm. not, not six. I know the game is shorter. So if he can stay out of foul trouble, he will be one of the best defensive players in the tournament. Can he get the MVP? Because he might he might not be the guy in scoring, but he will score uh, for sure. But Some of the putbacks, pick and rolls, like who got the MVP last summer in the Eurobasket? Really, Hernan Gomez. But was, right. it, was it really that deserved? Was there a guy on their roster that should have been the MVP? I know. Who's not European? Not, I know, I know. FIBA but FIBA awards, it's not yeah. about who deserves the most. It's about stats, efficiency. It's, about it. it's, not, it's not about stats, it's about efficiency. That is completely yeah. bullshit, okay. let's say yeah. that. But, yeah. you know. I, I would still go for one of the perimeter players, but mm. yeah. he had has a strong case, obviously, yeah. And uh, because of his defense as well. So I think that might influence the another, another thing that puts some doubt in my head about Team USA let's say winning gold medal and overcoming all the other teams is uh, none of these guys actually have FIBA experience. Mm. So they will have to adjust to different rules and, and different courts, different calls and everything else that's happening. Uh, and you know, when there comes this one crucial decisive game where you're facing, let's say France with so much experience mm. in these competitions, uh, things might happen. Like, in 2019, the roster also seemed kind of nice. You had these guys from Boston uh, that Kemba. played together. You had Kemba Walker, who was still the All Star, Kemba. treated as an All Star in 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 the NBA, and and you had Brook Lopez as your stretch big, and and it just didn't work out in in quarterfinal versus I, I France. Think Tatum got injured, or or in the group stage, mm. I think so. Yeah, but still, I mean. That was one game quarterfinal versus yeah. France. It was kind of a close game. Donovan Mitchell was cooking, but in the end, when it mattered, Rudy Gobert blocked like three or four shots or something like that. So yeah, I do have some doubts about them winning it, but when you evaluate uh, the roster and you see all the quality they have, mm. it's crazy to think that they're better 
yeah. uh, better roster. And especially in a way how it fits on the floor, because it's it's funny to remember this shift from Team USA being the team which can't make any three pointers and everybody just packs the paint and that's how you can try to win against Team USA. Yeah. Now when you see this roster, almost everybody can shoot a three on a very good uh, percentage, oh, yeah. especially, especially backcourt players. So back in the days, it, it seemed like you just play uh, some European zone defense. You put bus, yeah, under the basket, and, let them and shoot you just hope to win. Like Athens, two thousand four, every team would beg them to shoot as many frees as possible. And nowadays, yeah, it's, it's not going to work it, this it's way. It's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, they might be the least. Uh, popular name, the team with the least superstar names on the roster, but roster-wise, transition offense, uh, defensive, uh, uh, all-around defense, uh, three points, uh, threat on the perimeter, individual skill. I mean, they have everything, and they still very deep talent-wise. So they are number one. They are number one, and as, just as Riti said, the only the only question mark is what if. They they get pressured by France and and maybe something happens. But overall, they're the let's say clear number one. Who do we have as number two guys? I think that's where we start to disagree a little bit. We'll see. Possibly, we'll see. Donatus, I go with France. Okay, so no disagreement here. Enritis. Uh, it it was tough for me to make up my mind. I was stuck in between France, Australia, Canada, and how do I rank these teams? And mm. in the end, since there's always a big hype about Canada and they haven't delivered anything yet, although again we see a very big roster um, with big, I mean, with big names, they're just Jamal Murray away from being uh, number two in my power rankings. Let's, right. let's put That's it that true. way. Yeah, yeah. Let's I even put it that I way. even have like with Jamal Murray, they might be contenders for number I mean, one. Obviously, with uh, Shai Gilgis uh, Alexander, he he might be the best player of the tournament. Mm. And when you mentioned Team USA not having all NBA players, well, Gilgis Alexander yeah, was an all NBA player. Uh, but to me, number two in the rankings is Australia. Mm, okay. Okay. It's just because. Uh, I've expressed my admiration in, in in some other podcasts we had about about FIBA World Cup. I said that they are my favorite uh, national team, and they do have everything: chemistry, shooters, a proven scorer in Patty Mills. I know he's thirty five, but I think he still has it in him. Um, yeah, maybe Joe Ingles declined, but his experience will still be extremely valuable. Dan Exum is coming uh, to the tournament after. Some good experience in the Euroleague, and maybe he's even Which better might now translate than. translate to FIBA yeah, he, basketball. He, yeah, he's probably even better now than he was some years before. Josh Giddy, who is not excited to see him. Yeah. Um, they have big guys. I mean, Jack Landale getting injured is, is is a pity, of course, but you know that Australians are always very tough, and other teams just hate playing against them. Hmm. Uh, so maybe. Team France, when you look at the roster, at the names, looks a bit stronger. Maybe Canada also, mm. but I'm going with Australia as, as my number two ranked team. Mm, I gave an advantage. I mean, I think that we should all agree that there should be these, you know, shelves of power rankings. It it, it wouldn't, it shouldn't be like the first, the second, the third option. I would say mm. that Team USA is a kind of clear favorite, and then you can actually put 
France, Australia, and yeah. Germany into the same category, and, and then and Canada, oh, yeah, yeah. Germany, and as then well. some yeah. other teams uh, follow. So the gap between these selections is like it depends on the mood you you wake up in the morning and okay, mm. I gave I give advantage to, advantage to this team because of this and that. So the reason I put France to the second seed is that they have the experience. They are the most experienced uh, team in the FIBA World Cup, I would say. They played together for so many years. They they can, they, for me, they look more complete. I think that Jack Landale's injury uh, for Australia was a big blow. Yeah. Uh, they remain with Dob Reef and uh, Nick K basically on their front line. Of course, they're going to play some other guys like Joe Ingles as a four uh, and they have a lot of, you know, versatile players to cover some other positions but I think that it's a, huge blow for the ranking so i like i've like friends the way they move the ball which comes from chemistry which comes from experience of playing together as i said to augustus after lithuanian game i mean i saw gold medal material the way they move the ball the way they understand each other the way they can produce offensively and how they can be so hard to beat defensively with all these bigs in the pain with nicola batum you know pressuring uh, full court, uh, the, the best guards of opposing teams. Yeah. So I like everything uh, about France, except from the fact that they also had injury problems. I really loved what Nilekina showed in the beginning of the preparation. Now he's injured. They have Matthias Lazort, but he barely played. I think he didn't play in the preparations. Yeah. And yeah. this, you know, it affects uh, the whole thing with some guys, guys being in and out. I think that they had some other uh, injury issues and sometimes it can, you know, put you out of track. But other than that, a lot of reasons to love France. I mean, you can clearly see what difference it makes when Nicolas Batum and Nando De Colo suit up for the national team. Last wow. year, they finished with a silver medal, but let's be honest, they didn't play good basketball. Nope. And they were kind of lucky because... They were very lucky, not just kind of. Let's <laughs> remember lucky. two games I mean, in a row where they won. Versus Turkey. It versus seems like Italy, it's over. Yeah. Versus Italy, it seems like it's over. Fantecchia and then all Pedro, of a sudden yeah. you're playing semifinal and it's Poland, not yeah. Slovenia. So they were uh, the number one team in, ter in turnovers in, in the competition. They had a lot of problems and now the Colo solves these issues of ball handling and uh, takes some pressure away from Evan Fournier, who is, let's let's say, rusty after not playing for a whole year and sitting on the bench. Uh, and Nicolas Batum, and Nicola Batum, what he brings to the team is is just amazing. Is uh, he leadership, team captain, um, he, the, the way he can pressure uh, the opposing team's point guards and, and, you know, all the pressure he puts on defense. And also, you know, when the game matters, he's going to make his corner freeze and everything else that he does so great. So, yeah. And, and another thing which goes in their favor, in my opinion, is that France will play in this competition without any pressure for qualifying to the Olympics because mm. they're hosting the Olympics. They are in, in, in there anyway. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you have to rank them pretty high. I guess. Donatus said that, you know, USA is number one in the shelf shelf ranking alone. I, I wouldn't say that. I have, I think USA and France are the, let's say, real contenders for the title. And then you have Canada, Australia, and Germany. I rank them as could fight for the title. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. dark horses. We, we agree on yeah, that. Yeah. And oh, he, he said USA is alone on the top shelf. I think France is up there. I think they are the only team they have the no, not the, they are not the only team. I think they have the best chances to beat USA. 
because they can match yeah. the athleticism. They have Rudy Gobert in the paint and he can just stand there all the time. And that makes Nikola Batum's job that much easier. You know, yeah. He can pressure up top the point guards with his long arms and uh, then be sure that there's Rudy Gobert yeah. in case he gets beaten. So France, with their experience, they were second in the Eurobasket, second in the Olympics, uh, two times third place in the World Cups. I think they are going to be on the podium. And since the bracket is, you know, mm -hmm. let's say USA, well and for them. USA and France, I think cannot meet cannot meet until the finals or semifinals. So I, I'm pretty sure they are going to be fighting for the medals and fighting for yeah. for gold. Uh, Evan Fournier will have a lot of, let's mm -hmm. say, things to prove after this. Let's say he didn't he barely played for the New York this season. So I think. He wants to show he can still score. He wants to show his abilities once again. And uh, I really believe they can be a big pain in the ass for the United States. Yeah, let's not forget uh, that just two years ago in Tokyo Olympics, they beat USA in the group stage. And, and in the quarterfinals. In the, fin in the final, it was... Uh, no, I'm talking about Tokyo Olympics. Oh, not, yeah, uh, not the World, World Cup. Cup. Mm -hmm. uh, they beat USA in the group stage by playing two bigs. Uh, and then in the final, it was a close game. But it's just that uh, KD got it going and and, KD. and he he was the best player <laughs> by far in that in that tournament right so knowing that usa is vulnerable and and france they have chemistry they have everything that that's needed to be successful i i do have them at number three of course mm. uh maybe me putting australia at number two had a lot to do with my um support let's say for the boomers but I understand, as yeah. I understand, Australia is like the new Monaco for Itis. Uh, I wouldn't say that because, because with Australia right? have a long-lasting relationship since the Beijing Olympics. Uh, it's like it's like uh, San Antonio's first thing, I think. And Monaco is, you know, like, comparison. Monaco is, tradition. Is, is like always cutting one player away from not being my favorite team anymore. <laughs> so, you know, it's, so can it, I say it's different. But Patty Mills is definitely my favorite my player. Yeah. Patty yeah. Mills is the equivalent of Mike James in the EuroLeague. You can put it that, that way. way. <laughs> I mean, he is my favorite player of the competition. But one of the reasons so I didn't put Australia even to my top three is exactly Patty Mills. I mean, you shouldn't underestimate him in FIBA basketball, but he really had a rough year in Atlanta, right? He didn't play much. His numbers were... Yeah, but Evan Fournier had a much rougher year in, in New York. Yeah, but, but, but you know, maybe France is not as dependent on exactly, Evan exactly. Fournier. And th all know. those runs by boomers... Hey, but again, Josh Giddy is there. That's true. He and was not there, let's say, in the Olympics when, when, when they mm. won bronze. And, and he and Mills, a lot of creativity. Scored like he 30, creates so, much, so, much, so many opportunities for other guys uh, to shine. So for sure, he will set them all up, you know, in, the, in their best situations to execute. But Patty Mills, I mean, yeah. in Atlanta, he was like averaging like six points. He didn't play many games, even in the preparation stage. Well, he hit like three from 24 three-pointers. And I'm also waiting for this, you know, mm. official game mode where we might see different Patty Mills, but at the same time, you never know when it was this last FIBA, big FIBA competition. I think competition. he still has two tournaments in him that's the world cup and the olympics and, the olympics. and after that he can retire or where or become a facilitator let's see where do you rank them Donatus? to be honest number five number six I put them number five i have them number yeah. five as well okay i i will agree with you completely that let's say 
when you look at the rosters, Canada and Germany look sexier, maybe even stronger. But uh, again, and to me, my, those two teams look a bit more complete and all around in all yeah, positions. Say that. I mean, my big question about Australia is the lack of big guys. That that simple is that. I mean, mm. that front line that they have right now, I think, is not going to cut it. You know, I mean, there was Jack Landale who got a big contract in the NBA, and he would have been so helpful. Yeah, you know, we have. Giddy with uh, Mills, with Ingles, uh, with other guys, he would have been yeah. so perfect. I mean, for that for that starting lineup. And right now, you don't have. We talked one, I think, three weeks ago or something like that. They don't have the Andrew Boga type of big guy who can, you know, or re Aaron rebound, so block, and see them just lacking of those big towers, right? Protect the paint, yeah. uh, like Aaron Baines. They but now they don't even have. Jack Lanil as well, that was supposed to take over this role in a different way. So that is my question for Australia. And you're kind of crushing me with arguments. Like me putting Australia number two now sounds <laughs> But at the same deluded. time, since Rita's mentioned Josh Giddy, I mean, I have stats from three of their four exhibition games. And Dob Reef is the top scorer of the team with almost 16 yeah. points per game. Nikkei, almost 10 points per game, also tough. But uh, there's no one else on, in the in the front line to play. So And, you know, and you have they're good, just killing with the pick and roll. And you have the good guards. The way Josh put sets you up, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. So it, it, it's, it's, it's great that we will see them against Germany already in the group stage. So there will be already a big game in, in their group. And they have a tough bracket there on that side. Uh, yeah. So I'm not talking about them, let's say, winning the medal, although that's a possibility. No, for uh, Australia, it's always a possibility. Yeah, but just this time... They usually finish top four. It's just that... They don't win usually medals. Win medals <laughs> except, <laughs> except from Tokyo Olympics. It's like that song. Top top five, and I'm not yeah. one, and I'm not two. <laughs> so number three, what do you guys have? I have Canada. I also have Canada. So, so far we do are... Do we share the same Excel file? Are you reading from my Google what? Docs? <laughs> <I> <laughs> what? But although um, it's a... I think it's my, you know... Very high risk pick. With Canada, I might, you know, burn like I did with Croatia the last year because it's we're putting stakes on a team that didn't prove anything in all those years. For the first time, they're coming to play together. Did got, did Team USA play together until uh, this summer? But you know, there's so much talent. Over I know, there. but 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 for the for I, the power I don't, ranking, I don't think for we can sure. use this argument that 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 heavily you know that they haven't played together it's like uh just looking at how they're playing friendlies you know yeah jamal murray is missing but they have shea gilders alexander and he's so fun to watch he's could be one of the best player maybe in the competition for sure the i one mean of the luka, doncic, luka doncic is there so but he's in the top yeah three yeah. five uh kelly olenic is amazing for fiba basketball he's playing point forward role as much as I saw in in the friendly games. So tricky with the fake handoff, so tricky with the shot fakes, can't stretch the floor. He plays the fourth fourth position, but he's with the ball so much long. RJ Barrett looks improved with his handles in friendly games. T hand handles are tighter, his shot is falling so far. Dylan Brooks can defend anyone and Jordi Fernandez, who is this is the first time we are seeing him as the main head coach uh in his career let's say he was he was in the g league head coach but now this is the big the big stages i think it, he's the coach is doing a great job of 
putting Dylan Brooks in the best position to succeed, you know, giving the ball to other guys. And they starting five is cool. The question is what comes after that. But, uh, you know, with, yeah, with the follow-up with question kind of is players, how much of depth you actually need in FIBA tournaments. Basically, it's eight-man rotation is, right. is good enough. And they have like right. six, seven guys to rely mm. on heavily. So, so my, the, this is one question for Canada. And the other question is when they get uh, faced with adversity, are they going to stick together? Because you could say that this is part of the argument of they haven't played together. Mm. You know, are they going to stick the together? The same goes with Team USA, right? The this, adversity thing. Right. So this is my. Th these are my two questions for for Canada. But you can expect a big tourney from them, but it also could end up in the quarterfinals yeah. with them uh, faced with adversity. Re regarding second question, from what I heard, the good thing and maybe okay with, now with Anton Edwards, you know, emerging, it's kind of clear that it might be you know his team and all these teams they need hierarchy and it feels like that everybody in canada national team accept shay Gilgis alexander as a clear leader you know as an alpha guy as a you know it's his team would be stupid to not do so yeah exactly but you know <laughs> unless jamal murray was there sometimes yeah yeah. yeah and now they have a clear hierarchy uh all the other players although they don't have this depth that team usa has all these pieces fit so well together that you know from hierarchy standpoint, from roster fit standpoint, it just makes a perfect basketball team for, for FIBA competition. From what I heard, the chemistry is is great, not just on the court, but off the uh, floor as well. Shea is just uh, amazing. Uh, and yeah, Canada is, is, is good. Just there's this third question that I have about them. I kind of lack of better shooting in this team, you know, mm. Can they face not just adversity, but, you know, packed defense that will force mm. them to shoot threes? And then you look at players like, you know, Shea, Dylan Brooks, Dort, I mean, even RJ Barrett. I mean, they might face some, some you know, heavily brick shot situations. They so. could, they, let's say your argument is that, that they could easily have a three for 24 from three yeah. point range yeah. night they, in the quarterfinals. They might have this old Team USA problem. And now mm -hmm. this is the huge advantage that Team USA That's has a great over point. Canada. That's a great point because, you know, Shea is the guy who likes to drive, who likes to the paint more, who, who can post mm -hmm. up smaller guys. That's actually how they like to play. If Shea sees a smaller guy next to him, that's immediately a post up. We don't even run plays. So um, I, I, could, I could see this being a problem with, with, you know, RJ Barrett is not a consistent shooter from three point range. Shea prefers the two-point range more, the lo the mid-range. Uh, Brooks, we all know his situation. And uh, at the five position, they don't have, I, I don't think they have that much shooting. So th there's like Kelly Olenek left yeah. on, a, on, a, on a good Is day. Is Kelly Olenek the new Kevin Love of FIBA basketball? Uh, that's a great comparison. <laughs> that's a great comparison. Uh, anyway... My number, three, my, my number three is France, of course, mm -hmm. since I didn't put them second. Where do you have Canada? I do have them as, at, at number four. Four, okay. That was a debate between them and, yeah. and Germany, and I go with Canada because their, let's say, star player is more of a star <laughs> than, <laughs> than Dennis Schroeder is for Germany. Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner, yes, but I, I still do believe that Schroeder is the number one player he runs the for show. Germany. That's running the show. He's their mm. point guard, he's their leader, he's their captain. Franz Wagner, 
is is a player that has NBA All Star potential in him. We already saw how good he is in FIBA last year, and now his brother mm -hmm. is also uh, playing, playing for the team. So for me, Germany is a very clear number five. When you mentioned shelves and gaps between teams and mm -hmm. power power rankings, so these five teams that I ranked yeah. are kind of close to each other and yep. as you said maybe tomorrow i will wake up and i will regret some of my yeah. uh choices and i would put them differently but after germany, germany. at number five i see a bigger gap yeah right I agree. Mo moving moving uh, down down but still yeah so france we've discussed canada we've discussed let's talk about germany germany, germany. You have them at number five you have them higher um, four, at number four. four four both of you yeah. yep and both of you have Australia at number five. Man. Yeah, top five is the same. <laughs> why, why are we, we even, why we even having this podcast? <laughs> We're really good friends. It just, if, if it wasn't for me believing in... Proof in how close yeah. we are. Man, if it wasn't for me believing in Australia that much, <laughs> there would be no content here. It's just three guys nodding heads and agreeing to everything they right, say. Right, right. You're I right. have the same, Thanks yeah. for helping oh out. Oh my God, one I have more the time. same, man. Wow. Uh, okay. Anyway, yeah. Maybe in starting from number six, but let's talk about uh, Germany. Germany. First. Germany. To me, they are the dark the horse for the title. No, they're not the dark horse. Uh, after, especially no, after you, last year, after they last were dark year, horse. After you can't call them dark horse. No, they're, they're yeah. one of the best teams. They're contenders. Uh, but to me, right now, they are the most exciting European team. The I mean, way they play basketball. The sexiest team for sure. Uh, who else do we have? I'm not saying they're More the strongest time. or the best More, right now. And how they play? Yes. You know, just like how you have Australia, I have Italy. Ah, and they're I mean, playing. That's a biased pick. Oh, come no, on. But you, friend, there's like Simone Fontecchio is like the France Wagner there. And you have a five out yeah. offense that Germany has as well. Mm. So. But Germany has more athleticism and power. True, true. And the best thing is that we already fell in love with Germany from last year, and for, they they kept the core. I mean, I think that nine or ten players remained yeah. for the World Cup, and the only losses that they had was Wobo, Nick Weiler, Bab, and there was another player. And they those have guys, they were replaced by they're not irreplaceable. Mo Wagner and yeah. Isaac Bonga. And somebody else. Yeah. I don't remember that's so this last guy. These but are not irreplaceable players. I mean, players. they upgraded. They actually upgraded yeah. the team. So I will never forget last year's uh, quarterfinal. Uh, Germany-Greece. It was like the, Space Jam. Mm, in the, the real first half. final. In the first half, it was like Space Jam, you know. 17 made three-pointers in uh, that game. I think, uh, in my opinion, if not the... Unfortunate box and one defense that Sergio Scariolo put out in the last five mm -hmm. minutes. We would be talking right now about European champions. About European champions. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, Franz Wagner is elite. I think he is the most important guy on the team. I know Dennis Schroeder will Dennis Schroeder will run the show there. Yeah, we were right the first time with Schroeder. I think <laughs> I have no idea how I should say it. Look, but Franz Wagner, let's say he's elite. Should be the, the go-to guy, I think, in, in, in this team. His pick-and-roll creation has improved in the friendlies. Him, uh, Daniel Tice, Voitman, like, they have so much flexibility in their mm. roster. Uh, and let's say they have a counter for every possible opponent in the tourney, I think. Uh, they have a great and amazing coach that proved last year in the Eurobasket 
that he did an amazing yep. job with that team. The set plays, the chemistry, uh, everything was uh, was had a check mark. So I wouldn't bet against Germany on a good day. They can beat anyone, even Team USA. Like and they showed yesterday, they had 16 points. Mm -hmm. That's huge. So that 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 that's something to me. Yeah. So my only concern about them is more not of a play related, but the bracket they have. Yeah, but ah, since this okay. is the but power ranking, the power uh, rankings, predictions, yeah, I have them at number four. And probably we all agree that um, injuries is the main reason why we're talking about this gap. That's true, and of course, right? Because, because we're missing top, like top teams like Greece Ser and Serbia. Serbia with Jokic, Mitic, that would be a different conversation. Greece yep. with Giannis. But yep. still, can you imagine the depth uh, of contenders that we would have yeah. with Jokic and For Serbia, sure. Giannis I mean, Greece. even Slovenia losing uh, an yeah. important player like uh, Chanchar makes a huge difference. We so, would have right. eight legit title contenders with all these teams. Yeah, probably. And of course, Canada, and, and Jamal even, Murray, for even instance. Even now, I, I wouldn't rule out Serbia from having a medal performance yeah, yeah, yeah. even now because a team ran by Bogdan Bogdanovic can have success in FIBA and I think that they have mm -hmm. a good bracket I'm not a big bracket guy but if, if I remember well their bracket is pretty, they have pretty Italy, nice uh, yeah. they have Italy Lithuania uh, and Greece Lithuania Greece semifinal? and USA so to make the semifinals right I mean if they advance as a second team uh, they yeah. will probably get team USA in the quarterfinals ah, okay okay so what I'm leading up to is Serbia number six uh, uh, any other yes, thoughts? I have Serbia I have number six. Italy number six. You said it was not a biased pick. No, I mean, you said we you want more disagreements, so there is a disagreement. Did you, you. some last Did minute you adjustments? Eurobasket last year? Uh, I think I was Do there. Do you remember there yeah. was there was some game? There was some game where, you know, where they had Nikola Jokic and <laughs> the most promising team ever in Serbia. What happened? Remember, remind I don't me. remember. Remind me. Bad, I think there was Marco Spisu for three. <laughs> <laughs> but again. And Melly popping, 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 and again popping. No, it was a fun team to watch. Yeah. I can't it disagree on this And when you said yeah. that, if it wasn't for Scarviolo boxing one, Germany would be European champions. If it wasn't for some crazy <laughs> luck that France had, Italy would have a medal. I'm not saying gold, maybe bronze medal, but a medal. Mm. So let's say so many. Uh, but we're taking this win against Serbia for granted. I'm I not mean, taking it for granted. I'm, I'm saying that putting them uh, at number six, what Ogis does, is not as crazy as it sounds. Yeah, I mean, that's this true. Especially this team, when the, all those teams that we're gonna mention, they are yeah, so close. This team has l certain limitations. That's that's for sure. Uh, they still don't have a center. They they lack muscle power, but they do have chemistry, experience, shooting, and passion for the national team. And these are very important arguments for a good uh, yeah, tournament. Yeah, my favorite tournament. tournament. Yeah. Of course, we were kind of leaning towards uh, Italy being a new powerhouse if Paolo Banquero chooses to play for Team Italy, but he didn't. Mm. No. Darius Thompson would also change the picture. He would change it, for sure. But I I, again, I don't have them at number six. I do have Serbia. Uh, I, have Serbia I have Serbia at seven. Okay. And I have just Italy to, at just, eight. Just, just to make it clear. Italy at eight. And with, with, with Serbia, is the thing is, I'm a big believer in Bogdan Bogdanovic. 
And I think if Bogdan Bogdanovich played in that last year's game, oh. the upset wouldn't happen. Mm. Uh, Bogey in, in, in FIBA, well, the last time uh, I remember... He played in 2019. Yeah, probably. he played. But it. in 2017, he was dominant. He was leading. He was the main the guy. He like, was like this year. Yeah, exactly. Like he was the main year. player. So he led them to the final. They lost to Slovenia, but still, that was a big competition for Bogdan Bogdanovic. I think he's still at his prime, his peak years. And he is surrounded by, not by no names. He's surrounded by experienced, let's say, EuroLeague veterans, proven players. That they are not superstars, probably most of them, um, but I think they can build some mentality of being. Uh, let's say we don't have as much talent as we would with with mm. uh, Joker and and Misic, but we can still be tough defensively. We still have a very tall, uh, big team. Um, we have a good leader uh, offensively. He's he's as skilled as anybody. So. With the help of, of good regions and all the other players, I, I, I do believe in them. And I think that even from the coaching standpoint, Pesic is way more suitable for this limited team than he was for the last team that they have with Jokic and Misic. I don't think that he's the right guy to unleash the talent that you have on your team with so many creators that they had. But with this lim limited roster, with players who fill some clear roles, with a clear uh, leader, offensive leader in, in Bogi Bogdanovic, with Milutinov, amazing low post uh, presence who creates a lot of opportunities over there. And with the guys like uh, Gudrich, uh, with a lot of shooters and Marinkovic, Davidovac, uh, the size that they have with, yeah. with, with you know, I fresh think blood from their garbage. size will be an issue for other teams yeah, and facing I, them. Yeah, and I like Bogdanovich's leadership uh, as well. He brings different leadership than Jokic and Misic. They're different leaders. And mm. I think that for this limited team, Bogdanovic being a soldier created in the laboratory of Dula Vujosevic <laughs> and Jelko Bradovic, I mean, he's a perfect leader for Svetoslav Pesic's team. And I, I really believe that they're going to be dangerous, although they still have a lot of issues uh, to solve. The reason I put, you mentioned, um, you mentioned that their height uh, will be an issue for the opponents. I think their height will be an issue for them when they're playing against Italy. And they already faced them in a friendly game. It was a close game, really, in, really nice match to have early early in August, but uh, threes are worth more, th more than twos. I'm not saying Serbia doesn't have guys who can shoot threes, but Italy can just outshoot you on any given day. And um, this is the way they play. Nikola Milutinov is playing there in the paint. He is going to be there in the paint. So mm. it's not like I'm saying Italy is way better than Serbia. And this is not, this is just, me preferring their style of play versus the one of Serbia. And yeah. I, I just think one question for Serbia is, you know, it's not only about the coach, it's, it's about the point guard as well. Um, are these two guys, the coach and the point guard, will involve uh, Bogdanovic more than he was involved in the friendlies? Will the ball in the late game moments arrive to the hands that it needs to be the most because I saw a lot of playing through Nikola Milutinov in the middle. Uh, Marco Goderich playing the point guard position, you know, is it's it's not something we have not seen, but it's not something either perfect because he's like he's he's the guy who likes to have the ball in his hands when he's in Fenerbahce here. You know, I would prefer Bogdanovic having the ball more mm. in the last second. So they are they are a good team. Uh, 
putting maybe maybe number seven is a little bit harsh, but without no Jokic, I think it's like six five, or seven, five, no big fifth, six, seven spot is is fair for for this mm. year Serbia to have. Okay, uh, that's actually a very good point about uh, their bigs being exposed in screen and roll or, or, or pick mm. and pop action mm. because off the bench they have Ristic, uh, Petrushev, Petrushev, Nikola Jovic. Mm. Unless you play him as a I mean defensive liabilities, we're talking about and mm. mostly in two versus two action. It, it's mm. not like they cannot protect the paint or, or the rim. So I agree with you. That's a good point. But again, uh, there are not too many teams, probably like Italy, that have five shooters on the floor. Yep. So uh, you can say that Italy maybe is an uncomfortable yeah. opponent for them. I mean Germany. But they are on a different side of the bracket. Yeah. Um, but yeah, USA, not really. Canada, not really, and because they have guards, guards that don't shoot. Australia. Mm. One potential issue I could see, and I'm not talking about power rankings now, but about, uh, let's say, Serbia uh, pushing for, for medals. Uh, it's kind of the same problem they had in 2019. They were not tested in the group stage. Mm. They because have, right now they they have Puerto Rico, China. Uh, South Sudan, and China. It doesn't sound like they will have many problems there. And mm. in 2019, I remember they also had a pretty easy group. Sasha Georgievich was maybe even complaining after beating some <laughs> team by 40 or 50 points that like this is not uh. good for the competition. So that might turn out to be an issue. And you know, I just remembered. Who are they going to face? Who also have a shooting big man? Yeah, in Dominican, Dominican Republic. Republic. Oh, mm. right. That's true. That's true. And I don't. I don't want people r r underestimating what Dominican Republic can achieve uh, this in this tournament. They they could achieve nothing, but they are, I think, a serious threat. Uh, the Cinderella story to follow scenes. for sure. Yep. Exactly. So. Mm, Serbia is good, but they have obvious uh, flaws this summer. And without no Jokic, it's it's really high for me to put them higher than six or seven spot. Yeah. So where where do you rank them? Seventh. seventh. We have them at six. Six. And and you have who else? Oh, you have Italy at six. Yep. Yep. And I have Italy at eighth. Who you guys have? So number seven. seven. I have Slovenia. Okay. I. Okay. I mean, I I still believe in Luka Doncic carrying his team, and he looks in a very good shape this summer. Mm. And for sure, it hurts them that uh, Chanchar uh, a lot is missing the tournament. He's injured. They don't have Goran Dragic anymore. Edo Muric was super important Edo in their defensive out. rotations. Uh, there are some question marks about Mike Toby, how fit he is, uh, but it's still a team with Luka Doncic. Mm. And as we said a couple of weeks ago, we're probably not predicting the Slovenian team to win a medal, but in the power rankings, a team with Luka Doncic and some fast players that can shoot the ball around him, you still see, see them as a threat, and I put them at number seven. Maybe you guys leave them out of, of your top eight completely. I but actually put them out. Yeah. Yeah. Just because left as well. Because of the fit around him. Okay. I mentioned all these guys they were missing. And I remember, you know, I'm not, because 
when you have the best player in the competition, like Luka Doncic, you can have those comparisons with Dirk Nowitzki's team. But I remember that Germany was well, way more well, well suited team for Dirk Nowitzki with all these pieces and Patrick Femmerling and the Molo Golaja. Uh, guards that they have Pascal Roller, Pascal Roller, Stefan Hammond. I mean, it was a, it was very nice team, and it worked perfectly for Dirk. And from all those guys around, you mentioned Chanchar, who, who was probably the only guy on the rise from the uh, from the last season. So, I am not a big believer. Usually, I'm a driver of their bandwagon, but this year, I mean, I'm I'm expecting Luka Doncic show for sure. I think that he will be the first guy in FIBA World Cup history to achieve a triple-double. We might expect some scoring records. The official record belongs to players from South Korea, Hur Jae, who scored 40, 54 in Egypt in 1990. I see Luka going over 50, putting some crazy stat lines, but I mean, you, you already see their defense was always an issue and now they're allowing like 90 point points per game against uh, in five of their seven games in the preparation stage against Greece 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 Montenegro Spain and USA so Greece who will probably average 65 points <laughs> exactly in the tournament so I'm definitely not ranking Slovenia because of their defense uh, yeah, 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 yeah you're ranking, you are ranking them, but you always have a chance and you're that, that, always have potential. There's one, one thing about the uh, amount of points they uh, allow, and it it doesn't always uh, show the full picture. It's like when they are a fast-paced team ran by Luka Doncic, they will have more possessions per game than your average right. team, and they will right. concede more possessions per game. L so you should look at defensive and offensive ratings. Exactly, of you cannot expect to see them uh, being the team that doesn't allow, let's say, 80 points per game. Mm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they are not putting effort defensively. I, I mean, they don't have maybe rim protectors. Mike Toby, to me, he, he's not a rim protector. He's basically there because he's a stretch big who can shoot the mm. ball. So he he's a good fit offensively. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with most of what you said. But to me, still, I mean, without if you take Luka Doncic away from this roster, this team wouldn't be in the power rankings in top 16. Even we're more. Not, we're not talking about top 8. Maybe top 20. But that's how much of a difference yeah. to me that's Luka true. Doncic makes. Yeah. How far? How f This will be the ultimate thing of how far, how far one player team can go in a tournament like this. Yeah. I, had, I don't have them in my top 8. I have them at number 10. Uh... I ranked some a little bit more teams before, just just yeah, before me too. preparing. I can I can spoil. Um, uh, that's a spoiler that I I would rank Lithuania number nine and Greece number ten. Okay. To me, they're very close. I have Spain number eight, Lithuania number nine, and Slovenia number ten. Just because, just yeah. because there is no help for Luca. No. Like, I mean, he has help. He has good players around it, but I just don't think it will be enough against the really really strong teams. They they're facing a, a really tough bracket. I just don't see them making a, a long run. But again, with Luca, you can't count count out this guy, especially when he's facing uh, mm -hmm. you know all the pressure and nobody believes in him. I, you, you just need to remember how he played against Phoenix, let's say in the a um, couple of years ago in the playoffs. Yeah. So I have Spain 
Number eight. Me too. Spain I, number seven for me. When you were when you guys were talking, I googled. Um, I opened the last year's our power power ranking for the Eurobasket. I had them out. I had. We left them out. No. No, I had Spain at eight and Germany at ninth. Yeah. So, and we put Spain in, in top it just because of respect, probably. I yeah. remember we had arguments like that. Uh, my notes were, let's say, this is really strange that I'm ranking Spain at eight, but it would not be strange if I had left them out last mm. year. This year, I think they're number eight, but they are not the same with Lorenzo Brown. Vili Hernan Gomez probably is facing the biggest uh, downside uh, without Lorenzo. It's not a surprise that creation and ball, ball scoring uh, creation will be the biggest issue. But uh, I saw them playing uh, against USA. They're just so well playing together, that well-oiled Scariolo machine. Uh, he can just think of anything. They have the perfect coach for FIBA tournaments. He can just think of anything, box and one defense, triangle in two, whatever weird defense he comes up or you know dreams in the night so they're not going to be an easy opponent for anyone because they play tough defense and they just their offense is mm. flowing together so well until the last seconds they're just playing so many different situations in 24 seconds that they're like okay you maybe not you maybe not make a mistake in the first 15 seconds and then it's like boom in a 20 second second there's a mistake from you and we are going to use it and you so, can count on Rudy or Sergio, you to do something big in an important game in the can you most important <laughs> minutes of that game because like <laughs> last year Rudy Fernandez diving for every loose ball, yeah. uh, leading the competition in steals. I think uh, Sergio, you again making the game-winning shot in the Euroleague final. It again just reminds you of what they are capable of. Uh, even though Rudy is thirty-eight, Sergio, you is thirty-five. Um, and now they have new guys. They and do have new guys. Now they can guys. count Santi, on Santi Aldama, for example. Juan Nunez maybe will have a shot at this uh, at this point guard position. But again, they're they're definitely lacking of Ricky Rubio or Lorenzo Brown. Yeah. And I just hope all is well with Ricky Rubio because yeah, um, he let, let's say put his career on pause because of mental health problems, and I just hope he will um, continue to play basketball and be mm -hmm. happy again because in 2019 where they became world champions he was the best player of the tournament yeah. uh so yeah uh, again you you said about respect and even today i'm putting them in the top eight mostly out of respect i'm not putting italy lithuania uh even though they might seem like more talented teams actually but we're talking about European and current European and world champions, whether you like it or not, <laughs> with the same coach Sergio Scariolo. So you probably have to include them in yeah. your power rankings. And as I said, they have new pieces. Santel Dama, many believe that he might have this, you know, breakout uh, FIBA tournament, uh, tournament uh, this summer. He he made a lot of good impressions to to a lot of uh, basketball people. He he looks like a nice fit to this front line that the Spanish national team has. Of course, a lot of question marks on their basically starting point guard Juan Nunez, yep. nineteen year old kid. Again, he had amazing uh, season in Germany, and from what I hear, he's let's say 
very well respected player among the veterans on the Spanish national team camp. They kind of, you know, trust him a lot. Uh, it's not like that you're just having this, you know, young guy who can do whatever on the court and you you cannot you know predict uh, what's the next mm. play gonna be with Nunez he's very matured let's say he he plays he acts older than he really is and he's leaving also yep. a very good impression he's having also solid stat line I think I think that so far he's been the top scorer of his team and a few exhibition games uh, a little bit more than 10 points per game two assists and you don't see many guys averaging 10 points on this mm. team. A lot of equal pieces on the roster, but since they're probably the best coach team in the competition with FIBA basketball goats, Sergio Scariolo, I mean, I I don't think that we're, we're putting them in our top eight of power ranking just because of the respect. They have a lot of pieces. They're missing this huge piece uh, in the point guard position. But still, there respect they're plays really a part in it. Let's let's be real. Yeah, I mean, mm. because you 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 do have some doubts about some of these players uh, that are let's say aging or getting closer to retiring. Although when we're speaking about the younger players, as you mentioned, Santi Aldama, Juan Nunez, uh, let's remember Usman Garuba in, in the Eurobasket. He had some he was big plays on, on defense. Uh, yeah. He grabbed the most important rebounds and everything else. So uh, you can expect a lot of help from him. I believe they will they will depend on uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Alex Abrines, and Dario Brusella to be as consistent as possible shooting the ball because these three guys are the best shooters they have on, on, on the roster. And we already saw that Juancho is capable of making, let's say, five or six frees in a, in a basketball game. An, an important basketball game. Uh, yes, right? exactly. So they do have some weapons. I definitely not not put them just because of it out of respect. Like they don't have a point guard, but they just play. To me, they are like the symbol of team play. How they how they play in offense, how they play in defense, and they have a clear vision they, of how they want to play. And they that, just execute it so well. That's true. You mentioned that's they have so true. many pieces that play a similar amount of minutes. Last year, I remember it was only Lorenzo Brown that averaged more than 23 mm -hmm. minutes. And it was like guys 23, 22, 19, 20, 16, 17. They had, I think, 11 guys uh, averaged more than 10 minutes, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, in the last Eurobasket. So. Watching them play, it feels like they have a 15-man rotation, actually. Because even <laughs> for the point guard position, okay, you can go with Nunez. If things go wrong, you, you can put uh, Alberto Diaz, you know, as a defensive anchor. And then there's Sergio Yui with his experience. Rudy Fernandez, 38. He, he looks like 28. He, his plays, I mean, one of the most hustle players in the FIBA competitions. With the center lineup, Willy Hernan Gomez, Garuba coming off the bench. Aldama also adds a lot to their front line. I mean, they're packed let's say, in, in, in mm. a way, what they can offer to Sergio Scariolo's, you know, mm. masterclass decisions. I think that guys like Alberto Diaz is the beauty of uh, national team basketball because we're talking about a player that really doesn't get that much recognition on club level. I mean, he's mm. a Malaga guy. He has won the Euro Cup. He's been a Euro Cup finals MVP with Unicaja, but you rarely talk or think about him during the season. But during this competition, all, all of, a of a sudden, sudden he gets a lot of compliments from the media. Uh, he gets talked about 
from other teams coaches uh, you see how he can dedicate everything that he has in him for a defensive purpose to pressure his opponent so uh this is the beauty of, hmm. of 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 national team basketball some of these guys might not be as flashy or as interesting during the the season because you focus on other things huh. in the EuroLeague, in the nba etc and then all of a sudden these guys make the difference in, in quarterfinals or semifinals i think alberto diaz playing defense was one of the most watched twitter clips in the last year of basket just just to tell you how much people loved him playing and how much and I would say there they... are three names from last year's competition that got kind of a similar respect Terry Tarpe as well Tarpe. Oh. I'm, I'm talking about players pressure defense Terry oh. Tarpe Alberto Diaz Andrew LBC yeah and maybe to some extent Arnas Butkiewicz but we've talked about him more during the during Euroleague the Euro season than than the Eurobasket so yeah do you see any picks that we are going to regret? Like putting uh, too high or somebody most of them, leaving probably, out? Probably most of them. <laughs> as always. As, as we said, uh, this is not a predictions yeah. podcast, but for sure, uh, the basket news, uh, social media people will put uh, oh, yeah. a picture on Instagram with these rankings and like 80% of the people that won't listen to this podcast will treat them as predictions so yeah you live with that you live with the consequences and i said that greece are going to average 65 points so i'm probably gonna regret that on greek because they're gonna media. average 67 because you will be proven no, wrong because i hope <laughs> i hope that they are not going to win against lithuania and with greece scoring like 80 points against our bad defense and Makes then sense. they're going to you know so again basket news fun social media can yep. uh, do you a huge favor the part where you said 65 points uh, and put it as, they like as, to as make a real spicy right let's they leave like it this way fun. let's leave it this way <laughs> yeah greece lithuania looking forward to that where did you have greece i had them at uh number 11. uh number 10 for me i had lithuania number nine i actually same despite lithuania all the good nine. things we said about italy I, I i would rank them 11. oh okay okay wow to me Greek defense, let's say tops Italian offense, and Lithuania out of these three teams has the most dominant player. Mm. I'm talking about JV, of course. So, and JV more dominant than Fontecchio in FIBA. Uh, numbers wise, who, who numbers is... wise, yes. Uh... Okay, but but I think JV is. My thought is that JV is hard, uh, more easier to. Like let's say negate his advantages on the court and Fontecchio's because you just double yes, and he lands, because he you just double and impact. Lithuania don't have JV shooters. Is, is the prime <laughs> reason why Lithuania will not be a good defensive team, whether you like it or not. That's a fact, and and that's been proven oh, in the past. He said it. Well, it is what it is. <laughs> he said. But he's a, still a double double machine, uh, yep. dominant yep. physical center. And I do agree with you about all the doubling, sending help from the weak side and everything else that let's say Finland was doing in, in, in friendly games. But then it's down to guys to make spot up shots. Hmm. And so far in these friendly games that Lithuania played, there were so many open looks hitting the rim rather than the net. <laughs> and I hope that in the World Cup, things will change. Yeah. I just hope we don't lose to Greece. <laughs> uh, but uh, picks that we might 
regrets. Of course, Finland, Finland with Lauri Markkinen, they can always surprise. Although they have Germany and Australia in their group, so that's just bad luck. Not only Germany and Australia, I would say that. I mean, even Japan at home will, will not be an easy opponent for them. Okay, no. that's uh, probably that's the best group. Uh, I think that the best group was with Canada, France, Latvia, and Lebanon. Porzingis, uh, Porzingis, is out. Porzingis is a game changer. And, so well, sorry, is Hachimura out for for yeah, Japan? Yeah, ah, he's yeah. out. So yeah. I'm not a big believer. Yeah, without although without there's this Rui. interesting thing, especially with Asian and African teams, one team that advance to the next stage basically might make the Olympics. Do you have your let's say favorites who can who can advance and to 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 get that you know birth? I am not prepared to answer that question. I would have to analyze the brackets and everything. One a bit, Asian a bit team, more. I because I actually checked the groups and I am like, Philippines has a nice chance. I mean, they have Italy, Dominican Republic, won't and Angola. Just, won't they play this whole nine to sixteenth place ranking uh, knockout? games but i mean to decide yeah, yeah think, they I will so they will so you still but have if they're the only one like, yeah if you're the if, only one then yes uh, china I, china serbia south sudan puerto rico kind of nice group for them Others, south sudan has some ballers on that line uh, on that yeah. roster mariel shayok from fanner winning Gabriel, Gabriel. of course he's as, an, as a center he's a, but he's, he's a, a great guy an nba player He's a great guy. Uh, so South Sudan. Okay. I don't know, man. I don't have a strong pick right now. I would have to put more thought into it. Exactly. Look, From just, Africa, I think that South Sudan has a great shot. But I would recommend you guys tuning in Filipinos game. Like Jordan Clarkson is going to be shooting from 10 meters and he's not even, not even care about yeah, and, that. And, and, if, and if, people if, will love it. If you play, let's say, fantasy basketball on some platform, <laughs> I'm sure that some do offer uh, FIBA World Cup. You cannot go wrong with with guys like Jordan Clarkson, Khamer Khadadi, Ahmed They might not win too many games, but they will put those numbers on the stat sheet. <sighs> okay, guys. So enjoy the World Cup. As I said, we will soon zoom in somewhere during the competition. We will have a draft. We will have a draft for sure. That will be only for BN Plus members. All right. So another reason to join BN Plus community on basketnews.com slash plus, because we'll have also a very active WhatsApp community chat with a lot of information. Uh, this is where I get the box scores for the for, for, for these friendly not games. Not just the box scores, right? But some we, opportunities to watch a lot of games. Yep, so yep. it has a lot of value. We, we, appre we appreciate you guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, we might not respond that often, but uh, we definitely see the messages uh, and uh, and we check them and we read we read what you're writing. We get some ideas yeah. from that as well. So it's really cool. You are so active. Yeah. So thanks for watching and see you soon on basicnews.com.